0: Welcome to the Possibility of Today radio show. This weekly series mixes entertainment with inspiration and information to help you learn how to live in a different way and take advantage of all the possibilities of today. Do you want to find the way to your something more and live life to the fullest? Then you're in the right place. Host Sybil Shavis will guide you through an exciting journey of self-discovery and transformation so you can be entertained, be inspired, and be informed. Now here's Sybil.
1: I've got a question for you. Do you take risks? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'm sure you've heard that, right? Some people ask, I know I definitely did, why on earth would you want to take on a risk and push yourself out of your comfort zone? Anyway, honestly, I was a believer in being risk-averse and playing it safe. I definitely wasn't a fan of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But all that changed because I finally realized that there's just benefits. I mean, it's why people are continually recommending it to you. Because if you can figure out how to get out of your own way and take some risks, and of course, most importantly, push out of your comfort zone, you know, that's when there's just all these benefits on the other side of it. And of course, you don't just push yourself to go out of your comfort zone or to take risks for no reason, right? I mean that really could be careless. The point is, though, if there's something that just feels right for you, and if you have the right reasons, you know, deep down for doing it, do you take risks? And I think it's a really good question to ask yourself because we see people taking risks, and we also see it paying off big time. I mean, like, in a huge way. And actually, to that point, have you heard of Spanx? If you're a woman, you have most likely heard of Spanx, right? It's the invention that saved all of us, or at least I know my Spanx have saved me on countless occasions when I've needed to see, let's call it a little more tone than I really am. And if you haven't heard of Spanx, you gotta try them, right? These are essentially like body suits. Everyone who wears them just has this slimmer appearance. And, of course, because you get the slimmer appearance, everyone who wears them swears by them. In fact, people say that Spanx is now to shapewear what Kleenex is to tissue. The invention that sparked a revolution. They're called Spanx. It's not so secret secret to looking slim and trim.
2: Everything looks better in a Spanx. I wear Spanx.
0: What do you wear under your clothes? I started wearing Spanx before anybody wore Spanx. I happen to have one of the best bodies here. You do? He's wearing Spanx. Spanx is now to
1: shapewear, what Kleenex is to tissue. So everyone loves their Spanx. And they were created by Sarah Blakely. She said her inspiration was her own butt. Because one night she's looking for a solution to a pair of white pants, which I'm sure if you're a woman, you've also had that issue. And so she cuts a pair of pantyhose. Right after she cut the pantyhose, she got this brilliant idea for Spanx. And at the time, she was working at a company selling fax machines door-to-door. So she decides to take a risk because she's passionate about this idea. She drains her savings account, and she takes $5,000, which she had in it, to launch Spanx. And, of course, the rest is history. Listen to what she shared in an interview with Rosie O'Donnell.
2: Let me ask you, how'd you come up with the idea? My own butt. Your own butt? My own butt was the inspiration because I couldn't figure out what to wear under white pants. There was regular underwear that left a panty line and then they came out with a thong which just put underwear where we've been trying to get it out of and that was yeah. not working. Right. And so one night I cut the feet out of control top pantyhose and at the time that I had this idea I was selling fax machines door to door I started the whole company with $5,000, which was my savings. Are you kidding me?
1: Talk about taking a risk, right? And totally pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. Sarah Blakely drains the $5,000 that's in her savings account. She takes this risk and clearly it just pays off big time. In March of 2012, Sarah Blakely was actually named the world's youngest self-made female billionaire by Forbes magazine. And she was one of Time's 100 most influential people, all because she took this risk. I mean, you got to love that, right? And it really raises the question, don't you think that when you're just passionate about something like this and you have this great idea and something feels right, then it's worth considering, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone a little and, you know, maybe thinking about, okay, hey, maybe there's something that I want to go after. Maybe I want to try this. So many people, of course, will tell you and experts and essentially anyone who's taken a risk that although it's hard, taking risks really is worth it because it's what allows us a lot of times to get to where we wanna be. And that makes perfect sense, right? Because we know nothing has ever really just been handed to us. I mean, if you think about everything that you've ever gotten or accomplished in your life, you had to work for it, right? you had to be willing you know, to push a little, to take on some risks, and essentially to just go for it because nothing just ever falls into our lap. So today's show is all about taking risks and pushing outside of your comfort zone in order to get to where you wanna be. Because interestingly enough, we can get better and better at taking the right risks and pushing ourselves beyond our comfort zone Of course, only when it makes sense. And as we've seen with Sarah, who created Spanx, there's just enormous benefits when we do it. And it actually raises some good questions that we're going to talk about today. The first of which is, how do you know when a risk really is worth taking? How do you know when it's the right time and that you should push yourself a little and maybe do things that you ordinarily wouldn't be willing to do? Because as we were also talking about earlier, we don't want to just take a risk to take a risk, right? Or even to take it for the wrong reasons. So the question is, how do we know when something really is right for us and that we should take a risk versus those other times where maybe we shouldn't be taking the risk? Also, haven't you always wondered why it's that some people are just better? They seem inherently better at taking risks than others. I mean, is it that they have more courage or confidence? And if it is that they're doing something or that they have something, how do we personally sign up to also have the confidence and the courage or whatever it is so that we can also take the risk that we're meant to be taking? There's actually a great quote by Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. And I do think that really is so true when it comes to the things that we really believe in or that we're passionate about or just the things that we know are right for our life. I think that's when risk taking really becomes underrated, right? Because everyone is always telling you the exact opposite, you know, to be careful and cautious and risk averse and not to take too many chances. It's just easy to focus on the risk. I mean, haven't you noticed how all the things that could possibly go wrong, just like jump into your mind and it's like, they're just there staring you in the face and you think, okay, I'd be nice if things worked out, but what if they don't? And then I've put all of this on the line. It's easy, right? To justify all the reasons why we shouldn't go for it and why we should be practical and play it safe, but that doesn't always work does it? Because at some point, you've got to be willing to put things on the line to get those big rewards. We saw what happened with Sarah Blakely, who created Spanx. And she's not the only one though, right? I mean, there's tons and tons of these stories. James Dyson of Dyson Vacuum Cleaners, which of course is a household name now, he took out three mortgages on his home to go after his dream to create Dyson Vacuum Cleaners. Katerina Fake, who is the person behind Flickr, that huge online picture and video community, she went for two years without a salary and was literally almost running out of money before Flickr took off, and she was able to sell it to Yahoo then for millions of dollars. There really are just tons and tons of these stories, and they're just evidence, right, that when we take the right risks, and go after what we want for the right reasons, there are rewards that are waiting for us on the other side of the risk. Now, this isn't to say, of course, that we're all meant to mortgage our homes or to drain the $5,000 out of our savings account, but if there really is something that you're passionate about and you're going after it for the right reasons, then I think it's worth considering taking on some risk. But risk taking is not only important when it comes to what we want and you know what we're trying to accomplish but also when it comes to just being willing to show people who you really are or as i call it you know showing up and being real in the moment just authentic and genuine and letting people see you for who you really are of course this really requires risk doesn't it Because we may think that people aren't going to like what they see, or they're going to be annoyed or frustrated or upset, or a litany of other things. Honestly, it's something that many of us are just not really accustomed to doing or even really thinking about. But the benefits of letting people see you for who you really are, and showing up and being real and vulnerable and showing people the different sides of yourself, the benefits are just enormous. It just takes away that shallow feeling of the moment, you know, where you can just feel that people aren't being real. And it just allows us personally to open up more and more to who we really are. And by doing that, it's like how we find our way to our passion, our creativity. And of course, all of that plays into our success. To that point, Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Pfeiffer are both excellent examples. Of doing that and their willingness to take on the risk to show up in the moment as who they really are has played directly into their success. In fact, Oprah has even shared that she credits her success to exactly that to her willingness to show up, to be real, and to be vulnerable. Listen to what she shared about how she lives in the space of vulnerability.
0: What I realize, first of all, is I live in the space of vulnerability, and that is what has made me so successful, is my vulnerability with the audience.
1: And it really is so true, isn't it? Because you know, when you see Oprah in action, she's just always willing to take that risk and to share all of who she is and her stories and her past and what's happened. She just really shows up like every single moment, and she's real, and you feel connected to that, right? I mean, people feel that and they gravitate toward it because it's a real connection. It's authentic. And you realize, you know, there's times when just like us, she may go through her own issues. And that's just a real connection, right? It's like this other great quote that I just love by C.S. Lewis. A real connection is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. And being vulnerable and showing up to the moment and being real is clearly not something that's only possible for celebrities. You know, it's possible for everyone to do this exact same thing and we can all get our own benefits by doing it. You know, people are going to feel connected to us. They're going to feel when we're being real. There's actually a lot of research that supports this. The Carnegie Institute of Technology conducted some research and they found out that 85% of our financial success is due to skills in human engineering, which essentially is your personality. And of course, your ability to really connect with people, you know, to show up and be real in a true and authentic way. Oprah also actually shared another really good point about when you take the risk to be open and to live as a wholehearted person, you recognize that you know, you're know you just like everyone else. And that in and of itself allows you to be confident because like that quote says, you realize you're not the only one. And of course, if you are able to just be yourself, that's all you ever really need to do anyway. Listen to what Oprah shares.
0: Unless you can uh, allow yourself to take the risk to be open, to live as a wholehearted person, when you can do that, you recognize that you're really just like everybody else. And that gives you the confidence to be yourself, which is all you really need in life is to be more of yourself.
1: And it really is just so true that that's all you really need in life is to be more and more yourself, like Oprah said, because people Feel that and it feels real and they like that and they want to be around that right they want to work with you they want to help you they want to hire you they want to do business with you they want to do whatever they can and that's exactly why you see the statistic playing out the way it does right it makes perfect sense why 85% of success is tied to your willingness and your personality and your ability to show up in the moment and to be real because people feel authenticity just like they feel fakeness. I mean, think about it. When you know someone's being fake, it's just such a turnoff and it feels shallow and the moment's shallow and your interactions with them are shallow and it's just not all that satisfying. It's not like you're, oh, let me go track this person down so we can have another shallow moment. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Certain people just aren't real. And if you're not careful, right, you end up getting sucked in. And before you know it, you're also falling into the trap and not being real. Listen to how Oprah describes it.
0: Fakeroo, I I call it the fakeroo. But you know what? I have found, I mean, I, I consider myself to be an authentic person. But when I am inauthentic is when I've allowed myself to be around people who were not. And then I have to fake it to be with them.
1: And isn't that just so true? Haven't you noticed that? Because you can be around people and you end up falling into the trap of playing this role. And that's why I think it's just important to understand why we fall into this trap. And even though we may be reluctant sometimes to take a risk and show up in every moment as who we really are, we've got to push ourselves so that we don't fall into this trap that's so easy to fall into. Because there are people who will not even deliberately, but they will end up falling into this trap over and over again, I mean, for their entire lives. Interestingly enough, there's just a lot of reasons why and research behind it. We are gonna talk about all of that next and also how we can make sure we're doing the right things, right, to really show up in the moment so that we can, of course, have all of the benefits that come from that and that are waiting on the other side of us taking that risk So I hope you will stick around. Welcome back. You are listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net, and we've been talking all about risk-taking. Specifically, we were talking earlier about when it's right to really – get serious about taking a risk when there's something that you, know, you just feel passionate about, something that you know you're doing for all the right reasons, like Sarah Blakely when she was starting Spanx. And now we're turning the table and talking about taking risks and being willing to show people who you really are, You know, showing up to the moment and being real, because it's easy to fall in the trap of not doing that there's actually a lot of research around this too. Dr. Brené Brown, who is a research professor at the University of Houston, has spent the past decade studying courage and vulnerability. And interestingly enough, she said that there is this film of terror that's wrapped around us and it causes us to think that there's just things that we're missing or lacking or doing wrong. And there may be fears, of course, or limiting beliefs, or maybe there have been certain things that we've gone through, like challenging experiences, and all of these things combine with these fears, and it causes us to fall into this trap of thinking, you know, I'm not good enough, or I'm not loved enough, or they don't really like me, or they're talking about me, or I need to prove to them how smart I am, or the zillions of other things, right? that our minds can feed us. I call this actually negative mind chatter that comes from the chief negativity officer in our mind. And if you've heard the voice of your own chief negativity officer, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's always there to point out what's wrong, what you're doing wrong, what you need to do better, what you did wrong, and then you end up believing it, right? And you feel like, okay, I gotta cover this up so that no one else sees what I notice. And you know, so no one knows that you're struggling or that you're really not that smart or that you feel weird at times and out of place. Listen to how Dr. Brene Brown explains that all of this negative thinking that comes from this voice of our chief negativity officer, which she actually refers to as this thin film of terror, Listen to what she says about how, you know, essentially, it's always trying to convince us of what we're doing wrong. And that ultimately, at the very bottom of everything, of all of the nonsense at times that the voice feeds you, at the very bottom of it, it's trying to convince us that we're not enough.
3: No, I think there's like a thin film of terror wrapped around us. And so if it's not, I'm not safe enough or I'm not secure enough, it's I'm not liked enough, I'm not promoted enough, I'm not loved enough. Scarcely, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I am not enough. At the very bottom, Yeah, I'm not enough. Yeah.
1: Isn't that just so interesting and so true? I mean, have you heard that voice before, the voice of your chief negativity officer? I know I definitely have. If you can just think of the last time that you doubted yourself and thought, man, I'm just never going to be able to do that or I don't think they like me or I think they're talking about me or why are they ignoring and pretending like I'm not here or things never fall into place for me. Anything negative like that, that's your chief negativity officer. And honestly, right now, if you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but that voice was right. There really was something wrong. They really were talking about me. Guess what? That's the voice. What you're hearing is the chief negativity officer in your mind. And as soon as you start to recognize it, this is what happened for me, you can choose to not listen to the negative things that it points out and let them overshadow the moment. The chief negativity officer, honestly, is a moment stealer. But the only way it can steal the moment is if you choose to listen to it and allow what it's saying and all the negativity to overshadow everything else. Because the reality is is that we're not our chief negativity officer. And a lot of the stuff it feeds us is just not true. You know, we're not the jerk, or the person that's judging people, or the person that's always annoyed or frustrated. I think one of the best lessons I learned is to no longer allow my chief negativity officer to fool me. What it tells you about yourself is just not truly who you are. It's not your true self. You know those moments where you're your highest and your best self? That's who you really are, like when you're sitting there in your children's graduation and your eyes well up with tears. That's who you are. Or it's that moment where you see the good in someone and you really appreciate it. That's who you really are. And the minute I understood that and I realized that I'm not the chief negativity officer, it just changed the way that I experienced everything. Because the chief negativity officer has a way of just making things and people seem 10 times worse than they actually are. And it can make us think that we are the only one with the issue. And we just start buying that stuff. And you have this distorted view of who you are. And you think you got to cover it up. And then you put so much attention on trying to cover it up that we can't have the attention we need to show up and be real in the moment. The chief negativity officer has stolen the moment, and if we allow it to, it will continually make us waste the moment on nonsense. And that's what Dr. Brené Brown was saying that I just thought was so interesting that she found in her research. Because the trade-off that we make every time we choose to cover up who we are because we think other people are going to say, oh, why are they like that? Why are they doing that? Or judge us. The trade-off we make is vulnerability. That's what we sacrifice. And we end up playing this role and we're not comfortable in our own skin and showing people all of what we are. And that's actually what people want to see, which is going to draw them to us. I mean, it's, it's just a crazy cycle and you got to get control of it so that it's not going the wrong way. As Dr. Brown explains, the number one casualty of us trying to cover up is vulnerability. And so then, of course, what do we do? We end up shutting down. Listen to how Dr. Brown explains it.
3: Guess what the number one casualty is? What? Vulnerability. We shut down. We shut down.
0: Because I'm not going to let you know. No.
3: Because I'm
0: already scared. I don't, I'm not right? all together. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's really so interesting, isn't it? I mean, honestly, I blame the chief negativity officer 100% because it makes us think that there's something different about us, right? Or that we can only show people so much of us and we have to impress them. And oftentimes, you don't even realize that this is what you're doing. But the reality is there's nothing that we need to cover up. We're just human, And that means we're gonna have strengths and we may have weaknesses, but that's okay because guess what? Everyone else has strengths and weaknesses. And these are the things that we could be working on. So that's why we've gotta take these risks, right? And push ourselves to really show up in the moment. And when we're able to do that and stop wasting so much of our energy covering up something that was never meant to be covered up, but instead worked on, that's when we're really able to tap into our creativity, our passion, and all of the things that just drive our success, our fulfillment, our contentment, our happiness, like all of the good benefits that we've always been looking for. As Dr. Brown explains, another really important reason that you wanna take the risk and be vulnerable and show up in the moment is because it's, literally the birthplace of everything that we love like we need the vulnerability because it's the real side of us and it connects us not only to who we are but also to all of the people around us and that's when all of our true potential and creativity and passion and all that good stuff can just come busting out listen to what Dr. Brown shared
3: And the thing is that people are like, oh, well, we lose a little vulnerability. But vulnerability is not just about fear and grief and disappointment. It's the birthplace of everything we're hungry for. Creativity. Joy, creativity, faith,
0: love. Innovation and all of that. Yes.
1: And what Dr. Brown said about vulnerability being the birthplace of everything that we really want is just so true. And I can speak on it firsthand because I played the role for years. I mean years, I was the perfect Harvard attorney that worked in corporate America and had this perfect family and the white picket fence and all of that. Honestly, unless you were one of the very few people that broke through my armor, that was all you saw. <laughs> I mean, I played the role and I played it really well. But things happened to us, right? And the things that happened caused the armor to crack, and my armor cracked more and more. And I started realizing that this perfect life that I thought I had created and the role that I was playing really, really well didn't feel all that perfect. <laughs> and there were days where that would just eat me alive. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong. I'm just like, what's missing? How can I have all of this and still feel like there's something more Like there's something missing, like there's something better. And it was because there was something missing, right? I wasn't taking the risks and doing the things that deep down felt right to me. And I definitely wasn't showing up and being real in the moment. And so one day I just had to like come to terms with that. And I decided that I wasn't gonna play the role anymore. And I knew that that meant I had to start practicing because I didn't necessarily know how to do it. I'd been playing the role for so many years. And I knew, though, that if I just practiced, I could get better at better at taking risks and showing up in every moment and being real. And so what did I specifically do in terms of being real and taking risks and showing up in the moment? I just started realizing that certain things were okay, And I started moving through the day differently based on that understanding. Like, it's okay to be emotional and feel like I want to cry at times, even in front of other people. And it's okay to not be perfect and to make mistakes and to not feel like I have to just get everything right. And to know that if I do make a mistake or if I do say something to someone that I shouldn't, I can genuinely and sincerely apologize and as long as I'm being genuine and sincere, then it's okay. And it's okay to tell other people you know, what you're working on and proving about yourself or what you love about them or what you appreciate about them and the moment. And you can just say it when it pops into your mind. And once I had my it's okay list, I just chose to move through my day following it. And the way I experienced every situation and everyone changed, and I realize exactly what Oprah's saying when she says that being real and showing up to the moment is one of the main keys to your success because it just opened up everything for me, and the great thing is that, you know, we can really get better and better at it, and the way you do it is like you do anything else. You figure out what it really means to you to be authentic, to show up in the moment and to be real. And then you practice that every day. Listen to how Dr. Brown explains it.
3: I thought going into it, there were authentic people and inauthentic people. Mm -hmm. I had, I did not find any evidence of that at all. What I found is authenticity is a practice and you choose it every day, sometimes every hour of every day. And it's a practice. It's not, I just wake up and, Hey, I'm authentic. It's that when you walk into a meeting you have to make the choice. Am I going to show up and let myself be seen? Am I going to raise my hand and say, well, y'all look super excited. I don't know what in the hell you're talking about. I'm so <laughs> lost. You know, that's a choice. Yes.
1: I mean, it really is true what she said and what she found in her research that it really is just a choice and it's a risk that you decide that you're going to take as you move through the day. Here are some other great examples she found out from her research.
3: You know, when we asked people... In the research, you know, what is vulnerability to you? Mm -hmm. The first date after my divorce, Mm. trying to get pregnant after my third miscarriage, sitting with my wife who has stage four breast cancer, making plans for our young children. You know, the biggest examples that came up from the research was picking up the phone and making a call to someone who's just had a great loss. Oh, yes.
1: And all of that can really be uncomfortable, can it? But the truth is that we can get better and better at it. And it's no longer then about being uncomfortable. It's just about showing up and being real. You know, being willing to be you and to add that depth to the moment. In fact, there may be times, I know I've definitely had them, where you just don't even know exactly what to say. But it doesn't even matter because because it's just about showing up, right? And being real. And people can feel that depth. They can feel it just like they feel the shallowness when it's not there. They can feel the depth when it is and the true feeling in the moment. And that's honestly 10 times more valuable than any words that we can say. And that's why you wanna continually practice getting better and better at showing up and taking the risk to show who you really are. To that point, actually, Michelle Pfeiffer is also, just like Oprah, an excellent example. She's recently been in the news because she's got a new movie coming out with Robert De Niro, and it sounds like a pretty interesting film. It's called The Family, and Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be playing a mob wife. And of course, if you know who Michelle Pfeiffer is, you know that she's a legend and an icon. She's been in blockbuster after blockbuster and there's just no denying that Michelle Pfeiffer has figured out how to succeed both on screen and off screen and she has said just like Oprah that she has taken the risk to go after what she wanted and she's also taken the risk to show up in the moment and let people see who she really is as I'm sure you may remember one of Michelle Pfeiffer's breakout films it's one of the first ones was Grease 2, and (laughs) I honestly think I watched Grease 2 at least a thousand times when I was a teenager. I'm really not kidding, but anyway, Michelle Pfeiffer has shared that she totally had to push herself beyond her comfort zone when she went to try out to get this role because she didn't feel like she was nearly as good as the other dancers. Nevertheless, you know, she took the risk. Listen to what she shared on an episode of Inside the Actor Studio
0: Most of the public first became aware of Michelle in a motion picture called Grease 2. How did the role of Stephanie Zanoni come to you? She was the leader of the Pink Ladies.
2: I had never auditioned singing before or dancing, so I show up and it's one of the biggest stages on the Paramount lot. And there are maybe 300 dancers there, and I kind of fumbled my way through it. Finally, I got to leave, and I was walking to my car with my tail between my legs, just feeling completely humiliated, and Pat's assistant came running after me and said, they'd like to bring you back for a screen test. Will you come back? And uh, that was the story.
1: During this same interview, what I also found so interesting is that you can see Michelle Pfeiffer's just genuine and honest sincerity and authenticity and the fact that, like Oprah said, she's taken the risk to live in this space of vulnerability, and she totally shows up to the moment. And you can feel it, because it's just so real. She's willing to show us that she's just not this amazingly beautiful actress and singer and all of that, but she's also human. In fact, Michelle Pfeiffer explained in this same interview that she specifically took a role to dispel this notion that pretty people don't have issues. Listen to what she shared.
2: I felt like I wanted to sort of break through this notion that, you know, pretty people never get hurt or, you know, pretty people are never unhappy and pretty people aren't damaged and, and I think that damaged people come in all shapes and sizes and
1: And I just love when people show up to the moment and you can just see them keeping it real. I mean, don't you just love that? It just feels so much better and so much easier to connect with people when they're doing that. And of course, as we continue to see, it's tying directly into why people are so successful and why the research is even backing that up. And here's one of my most favorite parts of Inside the Actor Studio. It's what James Lipton does every time he interviews a celebrity. And these questions are perfectly designed to test whether people are willing to show up and to be real, you know, to show vulnerabilities and to just show their whole personality. And of course, Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. Check out her response to some of the questions.
0: We begin our classroom with the questionnaire that was made famous by Bernard Pivot for 26 years. Tell me, Michelle, what is your favorite word?
2: Cherry. Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful (laughs) word.
2: I know, I don't know why, but I like, I like how it sounds.
0: That's cool. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? Painting. What turns you off?
2: Entitlement.
0: Now the moment the world waits for. <laughs> Michelle, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs>
2: that would have to be the f word. Very well. Yeah. Did you want me to say it?
0: It's not what I want. It's what you want.
2: <laughs> it's so descriptive. It can be used in so many ways. It can be used lovingly. It can be used in the most hate. It's just very versatile. And you know, it just sometimes no other word will do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Talk about keeping it real, right? And that just translates on screen. Like, you can't fake that. It comes through and you can see that. And of course, it creates tons and tons of the success that we've seen in her life. Listen to how she explains how you can use the roles and what she's doing on screen really to tap into her vulnerability.
2: What I try to do is find a a strand of myself as different as I might feel like the character is from me and is removed as it is I, I always try to find that one part of me um... and, and then you kind of build onto that because if you, it, it's a way to keep you connected and you, you never want to lose that connection there is always some sort of parallel that's going on with my own life and so you can use it um... to you know, bring closure, perhaps, to certain things that you, ha- that you haven't. Um, uh, a healing, a reconnection. And I, I believe in that. I believe in that.
1: I really believe in that, too. And it's interesting because she's talking about acting, but honestly, this applies to all of us, no matter... Who we are and what we do, because life really is about finding that strand of ourselves, right? That connects us with the people around us. And we're all aware of the enormous benefits of actually being able to do that. It's what we've been talking about. But the only way to get there, you know, to actually be able to do that is to show up, to take the risk and be who we are in every moment it's the only way that we can find these strings and that means you have to be willing to risk showing your total self you know vulnerabilities and all and then of course continually pushing and practicing that every day but if we can do it 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 really is this gift that just keeps on giving and it's how we figure out more and more of who we are and it's how we also partner with the people around us that we're connecting with and add that depth to the moment that quite honestly otherwise would be shallow. It's also how we're really gonna be able to tap into our own creativity and passion because we're able to find out more and more of who we really are and not just opens up everything for us. And again, it all comes down to taking risks, right? Like that's the possibility that we have today And quite honestly, every single day, you know, to continually take those good risks, (laughs) the ones that we were talking about earlier, because we find something that we're just really passionate about. And so we decide, you know what, I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone and I'm going to go for this. And it's also about taking risks to push us outside of our comfort zone when it comes time to show up in the moment and to be willing and take the risk of showing people more and more of who we really are, you know, to be vulnerable and create our own it's okay to be the real me list and then, of course, follow that. But the reality is is there are just so many rewards on the other side of the right risks and we've got to sign up to take them. And it's a practice and you got to be willing to work at it. And that actually brings up another story. And this is a really funny story. I was laughing hysterically when I came across this clip. You're going to love it. So you remember Dr. Brown. She studied vulnerability. She actually also wrote this New York Times bestseller book called Daring Greatly, which if you're looking for more information on how to really show up in the moment, you want to read this book. But anyway, Dr. Brown was explaining how when she was doing the research for this book, she came across 10 guideposts. And these guideposts are essentially what allow you to really show up and be real in the moment. And if you're doing them, you're being real. And if you're not, you're not. So she figured out that she personally was only doing two of them. So she drops the book, right? Like meaning she stops working on it. And even though she's got her PhD and she's writing this book, she realizes, man, I've got to go and do some of these essential things that I'm not doing. And so she goes and she gets a therapist so that she could work on them. Or as she explains it, she tells her therapist, bullet point me. It's a hilarious clip. You got to check it out. This did not make me happy.
0: Because you were like two out of the ten.
3: I was two out of the ten, and it was I was cheating. And, and you're writing the book. Right. And so I, was, so I had to put the data away. I didn't write the book until I was in therapy for a year and a half. Wow. And I went to a therapist with an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> that said, here are the things that I need more of. I've got six weeks. Go. <laughs> Fix me. Fix me. Fix me. And she said, mm. yeah. Oh,
0: but, I love that you went to a therapist that sees therapists. Yeah. And that you started out by saying, look, I just want to be fixed. And I want to talk about that mother stuff and all that.
3: No Uh, no childhood BS. No childhood BS. Uh -uh. Let's just get to it. Tips and techniques, baby. (laughs) Bullet points. Bullet point me.
1: Hilarious, right? Isn't that just the funniest thing? It really just drives home the point, right, that we can take these risks, right? We can show who we really are. And it's okay to admit that you're not perfect, that... There are things you got to work on. You know, we all need our own Excel sheets and need to commit to working on our own bullet points. I just love that. And I think I love it because I know I'm game. Like, I literally am always about trying to learn something or fix whatever needs to be fixing just so I can say every single day that I am living better today than I was yesterday. I mean, you know if it's my mantra, live today better than yesterday. And I really just try my best to live up to it. So that is the show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Enjoy your day. Laugh. Have fun. Enjoy the week. And let's catch up again next week. Oh, yeah. And of course, live today better than yesterday.
0: To learn more about making a change in your life, visit possibilityoftoday.com. Don't forget to like Sybil's Facebook page by clicking the Facebook icon on her Web Talk Radio profile page. You can also follow her on Twitter using the handle at Sybil Chavis. Thanks for listening this week, and remember to be entertained, be inspired, be informed.